ahead and jump right into it. I'm just going to pray for us before um, we get into God's word today, okay? So, Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you for this day. Lord, I thank you for this group that we're able to come to. I think I'm thankful for all these fight time ladies that uh, are vessels for you every single week. Lord, that you speak through, that you help minister to us. Lord, I just ask right now, Father, that you meet me here. Lord, I'm weak without you. I cannot speak without you. I cannot deliver what you've asked me to deliver without you. So, Holy Spirit, God, I'm asking that you reign over this fight time. You reign over my words. God, I submit to you fully. I ask that you would minister to us personally. Give us a personal touch from you that can only be from you that we cannot deny. Father, I ask you to change us, to change our thoughts, change the way that we act, change the way that we respond. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Okay, so I am actually going to be reading out of Mark today. So if you want to follow along with me, you can, but if not, that's totally okay because I'm, I'm going to read it. So um, this is um, not Mark, Matthew. So this is Matthew chapter 14, okay? And I'm just going to kind of set the scene for you a little bit before I read. Um, this is immediately after, most people know the story of Jesus feeding the 5,000 with um, two fish and five loaves of bread. Um, so this, this scene um, occurs immediately after that, okay? So this is when Jesus and Peter are walking on the water. <clears throat> so it says immediately after this, talking about immediately after he performed the miracle of feeding the 5,000, Jesus insisted that his disciples get back into the boat and cross to the other side of the lake while he sent the people home. After sending them home, he went up to the hills by himself to pray, not fell while he was there alone. Meanwhile, the disciples were in trouble far away from the land, for a strong wind had risen and they were fighting heavy waves. About three o'clock in the morning, Jesus came towards them, walking on the water. When Jesus' disciples saw him walking on the water, they were terrified. In their fear, they cried out, It's a ghost! But Jesus spoke to them at once. Don't be afraid, he said. Take courage. I'm here. Then Peter called to him, Lord, if it's really you, tell me to come to you walking on the water. Yes, come, Jesus said. So Peter went over to the side of the boat, walked on the water towards Jesus. But when he saw the strong wind and the waves, he was terrified and began to sink. Save me, Lord, he shouted. But Jesus immediately reached out and grabbed him. You have so little faith, Jesus said. Why did you doubt me? When they climbed back into the boat, the wind stopped. And then and the disciples worshipped him. You really are the son of God, they said. So I kind of want to stop here. I just want to, I know this is a story, a very common story that probably most of us know very, very well. And um, I was actually reading this uh, probably about a week and a half ago. And I just feel like as much as I've heard this story, something just jumped out at me. And so I just kind of want to share with you what God shared with me. So I can kind of imagine, you know, what and just imagine in my mind what the disciples are going through first off they're they're on this boat they're in the middle of open water and they're in the middle of a storm i can imagine how scary that that would be waves coming in and crashing in i'm sure um, water's getting inside the boat and they're terrified and all of a sudden they see something out on the water and they don't even really know what it is and the only person that can save them is not there with them well he's there with them but they don't 
they don't know that at this time. They think the last time that they saw Jesus, he was sending them out onto the water and he was going off by himself to pray. So it talks about in verse 26 how the disciples were absolutely terrified. But then if you go down to verse 27, and I thought this was really neat because I've never really paid attention to this. It says, but Jesus spoke to them at once. Don't be afraid, he said. Take courage, I'm here. And I'm going to read it to you in the NIV version. This was the NLT version. Um, it says, but Jesus immediately said to them, take courage. It is I. Don't be afraid. So he's doing two things right here. Um, first, he's comforting them. And second, he's identifying himself to them. Because you have to think about the kind of relationship that Jesus had with his disciples. It was a very personal relationship. I mean, they literally left their entire life behind to follow him. They left their families. They left their jobs. They left all security to follow Jesus. And they had personal um, encounters with him. They got to witness all the miracles um, that he performed. So they had a very close, tight-knit relationship with Jesus. They knew their Savior's voice. So when Jesus is speaking to him, when he's speaking to them here, he's doing two things. He's comforting them and he's identifying himself because he knows as soon as he identifies himself to his disciples, he knows they're going to know my voice. They know who I am. They know my voice. This is going to bring them peace. This is going to bring them comfort. Okay, so that's what's happening in verse 27. And I also want to point out that it says Jesus spoke to them at once. And in the NIV, it says immediately, meaning he didn't give them a lot of time to sit there and worry and be fearful. He immediately spoke peace to them. He immediately identified himself to them. Okay, so then we're going to jump down to verse 28. And it says, Peter called to him, Lord, if it's really you, tell me to come to you walking on the water. And this is something I never really thought about either. I feel like Peter right here in this moment is struggling with a little bit of doubt because he's sitting here and he's asking God to prove himself to him, even though God's already identified himself. He already said, take courage. It is I. You know my voice, Peter. You know who I am. You've walked with me. You've talked with me. You just witnessed the miracle that I just performed when I fed the 5,000 people. And yet he's sitting here and he's questioning God and he's saying, Lord, if it's you, tell me to come to you. And the reason that I know that Peter knows that it's God is because he says, Lord, after Jesus identifies himself, Peter re-identifies him and he says, Lord, if it's really you. And what this made me begin to think of, I kind of felt convicted because I realized how many times have I asked God to prove himself to me over and over and over again in my fear. I've asked God to prove himself to me, knowing that I have a million reasons to trust in him. Have you ever been in a situation where maybe God has either asked you to do something or maybe God's promised you something and your response was, okay, God, but if it's really you talking to me, then I need you to give me a sign. Okay, God, but if it's really you talking to me, then I need you to ask me again. And then about five or six times, He's prompted you or given you signs and you're like, okay, okay, well now I know it's God, so I guess I can do it. And we're constantly asking God to prove himself to us. So what happens is, what happens though is because God is so gracious, 
Because he gives us grace is what he, he gives us what we don't deserve. Because God is so gracious towards us, he continues to pursue us. And he continues to give us the proof that we don't deserve. So even though Peter, even though Jesus has just identified himself, and Peter's still asking for proof, he says, if it's really you, tell me to come to you on the water. And Jesus says, he gives him the proof. He says, yes, come. So at that point, Peter walks on the water. So after Peter got confirmation for God, because he wanted to know, he wanted to be absolutely sure that before he got out on that water, he knew exactly who he was walking to. He wanted to know before he got on that water that he was walking towards his Savior. So Jesus gives Peter confirmation. And after Peter gets that confirmation, what happens? His faith begins to rise. As his faith begins to rise, he is able now to get out of the boat and walk on the water. But then what happens? He begins to sink when he takes his eyes off Jesus. So what happens is once God gives us the proof, after we've asked for it a million times, he gives us the confirmation, our faith rises. But then what happens? We get a call that we weren't expecting to get. That test result came back that we weren't expecting to have. God promised me healing and yet now he's still saying the cancer is still there. I've prayed and prayed and prayed for my son to come back to the Lord. I've prayed and prayed and prayed for my husband to come back to the Lord. I've prayed and prayed and prayed for my, my family to be reunited. And guess what? Now I'm getting a response that I wasn't expecting to get. What happened? Where is God? This is not what he promised me. And so when, when things don't go the way that we planned for them to go, it causes us, it causes us to sink. Just like it caused Peter to sink. We begin to doubt in God and now we're back at square one. And we're again asking God, God, prove yourself to me. God, give me a sign. God, help me know that you're here. And we allow our fear to be so much greater than the faith that we have. And guess what? A lot of times the doubt causes us to give up on the miracle before the miracle is even performed. Before the miracle even comes to pass or before we even get the victory we give up because we begin to doubt so i actually want to go down to verse 32 i think it's 32 yeah okay so after jesus saves peter there it says we, they, we pick up and we're in 32 and so now they're climbing back into the boat it says when they climbed back into the boat the wind stopped and the disciples worshiped him. You really are the son of God, they said. And I bet to Jesus that had to have been like a slap in the face. You mean to tell me after leaving your family, after leaving your whole life behind, after witnessing all these miracles that I've performed, you mean to tell me I literally just fed 5,000 people with two fish and five loaves of bread and you just witnessed that and here you are and you're still questioning me and you're still asking for proof and now you can trust in who I am but that's what happens we're in a constant battle between our faith and between doubt and at some point our faith has got to kick in because faith is not circumstantial it says in Hebrews 11 and 1, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. It means denying everything that you see. When your situation looks terrible, 
When everything else is pointing in the wrong direction, in the wrong direction, it's trusting what you cannot see. And I had to repent of this. Um, these past couple weeks, I, I found myself in a place where I was battling a lot of doubt and a lot of unbelief and not really unbelief in, I believed in God, but I couldn't put my trust in him. I felt like I couldn't trust him. And to the point where I felt like I can't even pray right now because I just, I don't even believe it. I don't understand why I'm going through what I'm going through right now. I don't understand why God's allowing me to walk through this and I don't see a way out. And I just don't believe that he's, he's going to help me through this. And then I was listening to a song. Um, it's kind of funny how songs always, uh, how God gives you exactly what you need in the right time. And it's called, um, I think it's called Nothing Left to Prove or something like that. It's by Maverick City Music. And this is the lyrics. And it says, something about the way you move Jesus nothing left for you to prove. I have a million reasons to trust in what you are doing. God has proven himself to me more than enough times. He's revealed himself to me over and over and over again. I have more than one testimony of how God has healed me physically, how he has healed me emotionally, mentally, spiritually, and yet I'm still asking him for proof. And yet I'm still doubting him and I'm not trusting in him. You know, you really don't know how much faith that you have until faith is all that you have. And I think we get mixed up between faith. We feel like faith is a feeling. When you have a lot of faith, you you, it's like this feeling that just like wells up inside of you and you're just like, I'm just ready to go. And sometimes you do get that feeling with faith, but sometimes faith, you have to have faith despite your feelings. Faith is really a decision. It's a choice that we make. It's choosing to deny what we can see to trust in what we can't. It's contrary to what we feel. So if you are battling that this week, or if you find yourself in a situation where you're just like, I just don't see a way out. God, I don't know what you're doing. God, I don't feel like I even have the ability to trust in you. Despite all the things that you've, you've delivered me from, what I'm gonna tell you this week is to trust in him despite what you see. If God's promised you healing and you haven't gotten it yet, well, guess what? It's coming, but it has to have faith activates the miracle. Faith, you have to have faith in order for that miracle to be activated in your life. So don't give up. Don't, don't start doubting in the middle of the battle. Even if it's years from now, even if it's next month, trust in God. He knows where he's taking you. He can see the full view that you can't see. You know your father's voice. You know when he's speaking to you. Trust in that voice. Trust in him. Okay, I love y'all very much. I hope that this resonated with somebody tonight. I, I 
kind of just did this a little bit off of a whim um, as far as I didn't have all my notes together. Um, but I just felt really strongly that somebody needed to hear this. I know that I was, this was me just a couple of weeks ago and I was really struggling and I needed somebody, I needed somebody in my life to speak truth to me. I needed somebody to pull me up and say, snap out of it. You know your father's voice. You know you know that he is working all things out for your good. You know that, that he is working behind the scenes even when you can't see him. And so that's what I'm telling you this week. You know your father's voice. And he's going to work all things out for your good. He's not disappeared. He's not silent. But you have to trust him. Okay? All right. I love y'all very much. I will see y'all next time. Bye-bye.